Hey everybody, this is Ben and that is Jeremy. Uh, we hope everybody's doing well. We wanted to uh, dive right into it and talk about all things Cleveland sport, uh, sports. Uh, there's a lot going on, obviously. So, Jeremy, what sticks out to you in terms of the most important or hottest things going on in Cleveland sports right now? The hottest things are what the cast did before the trade deadline. Yeah. And I know we're like a week late, mm -hmm. but who cares because... When you get rid of almost, was it not even on? It wasn't on, but you can still hear it. <laughs> Go ahead, repeat yourself. Technical difficulties. Our I thought about insurance that out, actually, because I saw yours was on. Yeah, well, mine's on. Either way, the Cavs. Take two. And what they did before the trade deadline. Insane. Yeah. They literally got rid of almost the whole entire starting five. Mm-hmm. Started over, and now they look like geniuses. Yeah, they sure do. Um, that's amazing. I mean, it was just really amazing because um, they looked pretty dead in the water. I thought it was a really bad idea when they fired uh, David Griffin because he, you know, he just seemed to really have a knack to pull the right, you know, um, moves when it was necessary. You know, adding the perfect people last minute to the roster to get them over the top. But it was an amazing trade. I mean, they traded a sh you know shitload of dead weight. People who just were you know, cancerous, I guess, in the locker room and uh, well, filled it with, like, hungry role players who, I mean, they're just on fire. Well, they got young. Uh, mm -hmm. They got more athletic. The thing I was confused about for a while there is that you have all these veterans and it seemed like they didn't want to play. Yeah. Well, you know what it reminded me of? It was like, and you know soccer better, but, um, like, what was it? Um... Barcelona or Real Madrid when they added all those high-priced people they called them like the Galacticos yeah. and they didn't win anything but they were like the highest paid team ever um, and I mean I the fact is they didn't give up their high pick which I know was a really prized possession because LeBron refuses to make a commitment which that's on him but I think that's actually that's hurt the way I think LeBron that's hurt business. I think that's hurt his ability to win championships. I know he doesn't probably see it like that because he's been to so many finals, but a team like them was gun-shy because of what he's done before or any team he's on, so they had to remain flexible. And I mean, credit to them. If he leaves and they still have a high pick, I mean, they still have those guys uh, under contract for a couple more years. I mean, you know, at least they're going to compete, whereas before when he left, it was, you know, like a bomb went up. There's nothing. Devoid of talent. Well, you know, I'm not the biggest basketball guy, mm -hmm. but I try to pay attention, and the four guys that they got are just incredible for mm -hmm. what they divvied up. And I was more excited about getting the Larry Nance pick. Yeah, that's cool. Pick up um, just because he's so athletic mm -hmm. and can actually crash the boards, but also shoot from the outside. Yeah, everybody is plays their role perfectly, you know, and it was before it was like a bunch of like the one guy said, you know, we got to be his Robin to LeBron being Batman. We all have to be his Robins, yeah. you know, which is the perfect attitude, you know, but before when they had like Isaiah Thomas and then like and Derek Rose, there's all these egos in the room that they were the man at one point and they wanted to get back to that on it. So they had agendas and it wasn't necessarily about just winning. It was sort of about like getting in theirs. And that's what makes it weird is that to win championships, you really do have to check the attitude at the door. Yeah, that's for sure. And you sit here and say, 
well, look at all these teams, but look at the Patriots. Mm-hmm. How can the Patriots have players in and out? If you don't check your attitude, you're not winning a championship or even getting the chance to. But the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl what? Over the last ten years. How many times? Five, six, seven? Five, six. I don't know. I don't know. Tom Brady has five rings. They've lost, what, three times now? So seven. Right? That's is that insane. right? It is insane. That makes no sense, but that's because the attitudes are checked at the door. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no patience in sports anymore. I mean, the fact is Robert Kraft has all the patience in the world. I mean, they had to win quick, but he gives Bill Belichick his space to make decisions, not like Jerry Jones is of the world who have to override it and think they know more. I mean, we obviously have somebody like that in Cleveland who has actually started to sort of back off. He just wants to throw money around. <laughs> it's fine. But, yeah, I think that's a, an issue. So, obviously, the Patriots are a prime example of patience and system. Uh, speaking of Patriots, uh, Ken's own Josh McDaniels, that was... Pretty dirty. I, mean, I don't even know what to say. That's so lame. I mean, dumb, horrible. Uh, well, he better he better end up having the Patriots' uh, coaching job in his back pocket when Belichick retires because I mean, you, you make and break your reputation by doing stuff like that. That's probably the only way he'll have an NFL job at this point. Well, and the thing too about it is, um, is like how many of the how many of Belichick's assistants go on and have success. I actually, off the top of my head, do not know all of the assistant tree. It's close to none, yeah. Like, it's... The, the, the Mike Holmgren tree has a lot more success than the Bill Belichick tree. Like, Matt Patricia, it remains to be seen. Like, he did a good job, but, I mean, his defense gave up, like, 500 yards. And, I mean, it's like... I think the Patriots' um, system hides a lot of people's weaknesses, including the coaches. I mean, Josh McDaniels, I mean, his first time around was a dumpster fire. Like, yeah, it was. So some people, I think, are just suited to be assistant coaches. Like, and who who's to say that he's going to, like, in a Kind of like Cleveland's own Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hugh. Quarterback whisperer. I think he's whispering in their ear, I don't know. <laughs> That's what he's whispering because he's not like I don't get it. The only like, thing I can I say it. is that Todd Haley is gonna make or break Hugh Jackson. Yeah, he is, and if he doesn't make or break Hugh Jackson, he's gonna break somebody's hip in a bar. That too. Yeah, Google Todd Haley and his wife. I'm not. I won't go into detail, but if you're bored and have trouble sleeping, Google that. Uh, which whatever, if he produces on the field, I mean, Ty Cobb was like a racist and like. Whatever, all these other people are just monsters. <laughs> but if you're keeping it in context of it is what it is, I mean, they're not choir boys. I mean, including coaches, you know, Pretty sometimes much. the best, sometimes the best ones have an edge to them, you know, and whatever. I mean, not saying that Ty Cobb being racist is okay, but in that time period, I mean, he would he just happened to be more outspoken, completely uh, comparatively to to what was going on during that time. But I mean, like. Todd Haley, he, he seems to have a bit of an edge to him, which is great. Uh, grew up hating the Browns, so it's, it's nice to hopefully, uh, hopefully he brings that edge of now hating Pittsburgh for them giving him the door. He definitely nothing. has an edge. Yeah, he does. And that edge 
only lasts about two to three seasons <laughs> per team. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes here, but he is pretty good at being an offensive coordinator. Well, so the more I'm hearing, and it's all smokescreen stuff, obviously, anyway, but you, you see they hired Scott McLuhan, who has an excellent reputation, former, uh, what is it, 49ers general manager, and then... Redskins, and then he was also a consultant there within the uh, Seahawks organization. He helped draft Russell Wilson. Like, the guy has some issues off the field, but on the field, he, uh, in terms of talent evaluation, he's, like, you know, considered one of the top guys in the whole league with John Dorsey, too. Um, and so, I mean, they've assembled pretty much an all-star cast and Elliot Wolf, and, I mean, it's crazy. Um, if they can assemble an all-star cast on the field, they're going to be in great shape. But so what I was, where I was going with that is not only he, but John Dorsey have both said in interviews prior to getting the Browns job that Baker Mayfield was by far the best quarterback in the entire draft. By far. His interview was really telling, like, that he is really a Baker Mayfield fan. So that, you know, all, all signs might be pointing to that situation. Well... Because Denver apparently really wants him, which, again, could be a smokescreen. I've heard a lot of stuff yeah. about Baker Mayfield. And I was listening to an interview today with Pro Football Focus. Mm -hmm. And based on what they study and their statistics and their analytics, mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield is by far the best quarterback in the draft. Which is very, very interesting to me. Makes you wonder. I mean, it really does. I mean, everybody obviously in Cleveland is so scared because he looks in a way like a Johnny Manziel or has like an exciting style, you know, that they're afraid. So I just think it's really interesting because, you know, when you talk about the um, Todd McShays and Mel Kuypers of the world, they're all about like projecting. Yes. And it's like... You know, at the end of the day, can the person play or not? And, you know, he's he's a lot more different than Johnny Manziel than he is the same. I mean, um, when you look at his stats, which I don't have them in front of me, but well, his passer rating was near 70%. Let's just say the amount of things that he accomplished on the field were by far... Ahead of the class. Ahead of the class. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, that's the thing like about Josh Rosen that I just don't get. Like maybe he'll win, maybe he'll be good, but he just has this air about him. Well he has a he has a, a, a tremendous upside and he's not afraid to throw the ball into the tight windows. He throws a good spiral, but those passes that you throw into the tight windows can be interceptions or turnovers. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it all comes down to what was his record? His record was the same as Deshaun Kaiser, 4-8 yeah. and eight his last year. I mean, so, like, there's got to be a component of somebody having a winning sort of pedigree. And Plus I think that goes a long about way. Rosen's injury history already. He has some shoulder problems. Like, I like Darnold just because I like him, just because I think he looks like a quarterback. But, you know, there's plenty of guys who look like a quarterback who are, are not good NFL quarterbacks. Um, and like Josh Allen, I get like that there's projection there and he's got a big, strong arm and all that. But like, I mean, some things I think stand the test of time in terms of like how you measure somebody. But I think unlike 
running quarterbacks, like where everybody, you know, that was the fad for a while because everybody's looking at who was going to be the next, like Michael Vick. But that showed itself to only get you so far. Yeah. It, you know, because you would get exposed. Defenses would just stack the box. And when you couldn't run, you had to be able to throw. And quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, who, again, I, I don't know as in detail as maybe I know some of the other guys, he's a running quarterback. He's dynamic. But one injury, and what is that going to do? Then he's going to have to rely on his his pocket presence, his ability to throw, rolling out, all of those things that quarterbacks who aren't fast have to be good at immediately. Yes. Um, um, so I think, like... Well, I hate to be using pro football focus here, but I didn't realize how in-depth they actually studied everybody. And listening to the interview I did today, they said all scouts will be high on Josh Allen because Josh Allen has the size, the arm, yeah. the typical quarterback makeup that you want. Mm -hmm. But according to everything on the metric side, Baker Mayfield's tapes and studying him say that he should be the number one overall pick, which is insane to me. Well, I mean, he, he is, a lot of people say he's a lot more like a Russell Wilson than he is like a Johnny Manziel. Well, yeah, he doesn't run first. Yeah, and I think that, you know, people make a lot of, a big deal about height and things like that. And I, and I do understand there's a level of that, but they're like, well, you know, you can't see over your offensive linemen if you're under six foot. Well, even if you're six two, can you really see over six five offensive linemen? I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so what does that really matter? Like, Doug Flutie made it work. I think Doug Flutie, super underrated, hyper underrated in terms of what he was able to do on I the football so. field. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I mean, Russell Wilson is a kid. I'd take Russell Wilson tomorrow. I would. I'd even, I mean, I, I'm, cra I'm crazy. i give up number one for him. No problem. Probably a sane person would say, all right, I'll give up the number four pick and something else. But, I mean... He's a winner, like he, like a Baker Mayfield. He's got a high completion percentage. He's a great leader. Um, you know, the only mistake Baker, well, he made a couple mistakes, but the only real Johnny Manziel-esque mistake he made was the drunk driving thing, which you're a college kid. You know, it's not excusing it, but you're growing up. You're, I mean, you're going to make some decisions that you wish you had back. Everybody does, but... Well, yeah, certain mistakes can be forgivable. I mean... Certain mistakes can be, you know, hey, <laughs> knock it off. Don't do it again. But I'm just saying, with the mistakes that happen, I don't know when our society has become this judgmental force of trying to say you can't make a mistake, but it is what it is. I feel like that happened when... The, the pilgrims landed on the, you know, what was it, Plymouth Rock, and went, those people look different. <laughs> Fair enough. That was when judgment started. It's to just, it's pathetic. Like, yeah. there's there, certain things that are unforgivable. Like, if you commit murder, yeah. I mean, come on. But if you're doing some stupid, home. unruly, childish thing yeah. that doesn't harm anybody, who cares? Yeah. Nobody cares. I don't care. JT Barrett was what? 0 0.08 is the legal limit. And yeah. he was at 0 0.09. Yeah. Something like that. 
because he was trying to pick up other people that were trashed. Yeah, I think I think Mayfield. Um, I I just like his edge on the football field. Like I like that he's cocky because you know like well he's got the attitude where and he backs it up. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it and do it ten times better than what you thought I could. He's a good leader, and, and it comes to a point where. When do you get that attitude? We haven't had that attitude in Cleveland for a very long time. Yeah, like imagine Johnny Manziel with a better arm and more, um, more of a um, a football acumen. I just don't think we can compare him to Johnny Manziel. Well, I was going to say, think of Johnny Manziel only with a better arm and more discipline, all about football. That has the motivation to wreck this, you know, like he's motivated because people have dismissed him all of his life. I believe that. Um, and I mean, I'm totally, you know, in the beginning, I don't know if I was fine with it, but now the more I know, the more statistics I see, the more not not analysts but actual scouts. Yeah, you hear it from like people who have hit home runs in the draft. I mean. And I did hear, and again, it is what it is. You know, it could be a lie or smoke stream, but I heard Denver really, really wants Baker Mayfield. So the Browns are in a really precarious position if they don't draft a quarterback at one, because you know somebody's going to come up to two or three. It's just going to happen. Um, so if he's the guy, you know, hopefully they have the guts to take him in spite of what all the analysts are going to say. Like, you know, and it is what it is. There's going to be a learning curve. You know, obviously free agency's coming up. And so um, they have some decisions to make there. But even though Kirk Cousins has some upside, like a ton of upside in terms of what we have here, Scott McLuhan also said equally in that interview that he doesn't think Kirk Cousins is special. He's not a special player. I don't which, understand how you can say somebody's not special within three years. I yeah, I don't get it either. That doesn't really have like that amazing of wide receivers. Plus, the best tight end on the field is never on the field because he's always hurt, as in Jordan Reed. Oh yeah. Um, he still has thrown for over fifteen thousand yards. Yeah, in three years. I, it surprises me that that's it, impressive. It impri- It surprised me that he says that, and he must just be saying that purely from like a uh, upside. I mean, but like, how much more upside do you need to have? I mean, he throws for crazy amounts of yards. He's had he limited throw a lot of picks. Yeah, he's thrown. What is his touchdown ratio? It's I think it's pretty like, pretty high. I looked it up. I, I mean, I heard it was three to one. It's I think it's but close. I, could be wrong. I think he's up there, and I could be totally wrong. I, I thought it was like around like eighty nine or ninety touchdowns to like around the thirties in interceptions, which sounds about right. I think it's three to um, one, something like that. Three touchdowns for every interception. But I mean, I have no problem. I mean, you know, but I'm not a believer that if you dra- if you sign Kirk Cousins, you need to draft a quarterback. I think if you sign Kirk Cousins, you have no business taking a quarterback in the first round. I don't believe that, though. Like, if you because have a special talent, um, I don't know. I've heard comparisons to Baker Mayfield. He compares his play style is comparative to Jeff Garcia. And quite frankly, that's not a bad comparison. No, not – well, the San Francisco Jeff Car- Garcia, not the Cleveland or Detroit no. <laughs> Jeff Garcia. Well, that was at the back end of a career mm-hmm. where the Browns didn't even have an offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But um, – uh, Jeff Garcia, San Francisco is what I'm hearing. 
So you think that regardless, even if you sign Kirk Cousins, you take Baker Mayfield? You take the quarterback, yes. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't certainly be mad um, if they draft a quarterback in the first round. I just think if you're, if you're signing Kirk Cousins to like a hundred whatever million dollar contract, he's going to be your quarter, or quarterback probably for at least four years. And it's almost like, well, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for how many years? Three. Brett Favre was already in his mid-30s at that point, I want to say. Yes. Kirk Cousins is 30 years old. So if he keeps performing at that level, Baker Mayfield will never see the field. I don't buy that. Why? Here's why. Aaron Rodgers. I don't need to say anything. Okay, so, but, okay, but how... All right, so you're the Cleveland Browns. Let's say, let's get 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 real crazy What are you going to get out of Kirk? The only team that has indispensable money to throw at players this year is essentially the Browns. Okay. I heard that the the Broncos, even if they wanted Kirk Cousins to sign him, they would have to cut three players, notable players, to even afford Kirk Cousins. The next one is the Vikings. And they have three quarterbacks to deal with already. And you have three quarterbacks, you have none. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, they would have to cut somebody. Yeah. The yep. only team that would be willing and able to give Kirk Cousins a nice payday is the Browns. Yeah. I'm I just mean, saying. And if they sign him, let's say, let's say they get crazy and they're like, hey, we're going to give you this crazy amount of money for a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. That's a three-year deal. They don't have to do anything after that. That's only three years... That Baker Mayfield or whoever is drafted I, could be sitting. I guess I'm, I guess I I can see your uh, ra- uh, rationale on that. I guess for me it's just hard because of how ta- how talent devoid they have been. Yes, we want the talent. That now. you want, like how do you, how do you you know uh, sacrifice today for tomorrow? Because in a brown, you That's know, true, because but are there's you saying Kirk Cousins is not talented then. No, I'm saying because he's... you're bringing in veteran talent with young talent sitting behind. Well, it. no, I'm saying if Baker Mayfield's my choice, but I sign Kirk Cousins, all of a sudden maybe I'm not looking at Baker Mayfield with my number one pick. Maybe I'm looking at uh, Mika Fitzpatrick or uh, Shaq from Penn State. Like, how do I pass on a top-flight talent at another position if I already have? the box crossed off at quarterback. I see your point, it, but... I mean, no I get it. No matter what they do, this following year is going to be a bridge quarterback. Let's talk about bridge. A, a bridge all the way down to Cincinnati that might have somebody trotting their way up to Cleveland. It should have happened months and months ago, I guess. But I'm glad it That's didn't because a second and a third round... Really? I don't think... Who do you think they sign then? If they don't sign Kirk Cousins... Who do you think they sign if to they be their bridge sign, quarterback? Or if their they don't sign Kirk Cousins, you're looking at another year of Deshaun Kaiser. No, I no way. There's no way that happens. No way. I don't see it. You can't sell here. that. Why, where else here. is he going to go? Who knows? He wants I to start. Care. Where else would he start? He could. He could where? get picked up by Minnesota. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But if you're no, but if you're. Well, apparently they got a crazy fan base. <laughs> but what else is there to do in Saskatchewan uh, or they play, Saskatoon? They play hockey. Did you know the capital of? I think it's uh, it, maybe it's Saskatchewan. Maybe it's uh, Calgary. It's Regina. Regina. No, it's Regina. No, it's Regina. I watched 
You just several make YouTube this videos. I swear to God, Google. Well, don't Google it. I will Google or it. Or clear your search history if you Google Regina. Look up what the capital or the Providence, whatever they say. It would be a capital. A Providence is what. Okay, a Providence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cities. Okay. Anyway, what is it? It might be Saskatchewan for Saskatchewan. If there's a Saskatchewan, nope. I backtrack. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders play in Regina. It's fact. Look it up. Regina is Saskatchewan. Told you. It's a city. It's in a Saskatchewan. It's a big city. It's like good. a gaping city. I'm not. Saying? I'm not going down that path. You just so you opened the. Door. But I'm just telling you that's you opened a, the cave. This is PG thirteen and a half ish. Nobody um, that's gonna listen to this is under twenty. <laughs> Fine. It's yes. It's apparently very humid. For, I'm not. No, I take. The very I, I'm humid. not going it's down not, that it's road. It's like an no. icy tomb. Not doing it. Not doing it. It's cold on ice. Not doing it. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. <laughs> Switching gears, Jeremy. Yes. Um, the Olympics currently going on. If you didn't know, Channel Three on your TV. Channel NBC. one in your heart. Totally awesome. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say about NBC and how much they suck at everything. Yeah. Totally amazing. You know that Katie, That one guy got fired. That one guy got fired because he's a moron. He tried to say that Japan is the reason that South Korea is so awesome now. Even though Japan, when they had the Iron Fist before World War II, mm -hmm. yes. they treated South Korea like slaves. For years. Mm -hmm. So it's a very touchy subject, which is why he got fired. Yes. Um, so that happened, mm -hmm. which is hilarious. I mean, not funny on a... Maybe should have vetted him. They had level. four years to sort of... It was this guy. Get the right He gets fired. Guy. Then the next best thing, which you can laugh at, Katie Couric, who apparently has been in the... Couric, the coffee maker? I said Couric. Couric. I don't know how to say her name. She's dumb. <laughs> Okay. I think being in the news for so long, you would know sh stuff. Mm -hmm. She literally said the Netherlands speed skating group is so good at skating because that's their main mode of transportation in the winter. Is that what she said? She said that. Because I knew she said something stupid. I just didn't know it was that stupid. Freeze over, and that's how they get to and from work. Maybe one day they'll get industrialized and <laughs> like, have indoor plumbing and figure kidding. out how this to... This was actually said and the Twitter storm went nuts on her. That's why I love Twitter. Which was hilarious. A bunch of Dutch people posted photos of people <laughs> <laughs> figure skating like, or going ice skating in an ice rink and there was a bunch of them and they were yeah. like a traffic jam in Norway. Or Norway in the Netherlands. Well, if Trump had it his way, they'd speed skate their ass across the Atlantic all the way over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny that she could say something so dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, the Netherlands does have winter, but those... Canals don't even freeze. Yeah, I worked with a guy from the uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, he met a girl, and she asked him in America. He was going to school in like Miami, and she's like, "Oh my God, Puerto Rico! You guys have like dirt floors." He's like, "Uh, I have a nicer house than you do. What are you talking about?" In Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are just idiots. People are so well, narrow-minded, short-sighted. The rest of the world, as you know. So. Yeah, I mean, 
it's not that hard to pay attention to what's going on. Well, I mean, you would think, like you said, being in, in business or being in the you news as long as you news, have, yeah. there's certain things you just don't say unless you know they're accurate. <laughs> I mean, but hey, everybody thought the show would be on the ice and the snow. <laughs> Nobody knew that it would be behind the camera <laughs> announcing the event. It's hilarious um, because NBC has been fucking shit up. This whole entire time. I mean, you want to... You Especially wanna, with the coverage of North Korea. They act like North Korea is some state country built by God. The Olympics are going to save all, all of us from a nuclear winter or spring. <laughs> but uh, I think that... Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing. I Actually, for me, some of the announcing that Johnny Weir and the figure skating that I've been politely forced to watch is more entertaining than actual figure skating. Um, they do make it more because you never know. Yeah, somebody sport. text messaged a picture of him and uh, whoever else is announcing them. They said, "When did the Olympics become the Hunger Games?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's, the comparison's a little, uh, a little too accurate. But it's, I mean, it's just hilarious. But obviously, like some people have been performing pretty well, like uh, Sean White and that Red Gerard or whatever. Oh man, Red Gerard! Which shout out to his dad having the Browns hat on. Nice. You can take the guy out of the city, but you can't take the Browns out of. No, Red Gerard yep. actually was born in Rocky River. Rocky River, and then he moved to what was it California or Colorado? No, Colorado. When he was seven. The bigger uh, mountains. Sean White winning the gold was awesome. Flying tomato. The flying tomato did it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then Chloe the sad Kim part is uh, Chloe Kim. Yep. She rocked it. Her dad's somewhere scrubbing pots and pans to pay for their trip. I mean, <laughs> gave up his whole life, which hey, that any totally any good awesome. dad would. So. Totally awesome. But all the good stuff still to come too, the luge and all of that. So. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So. But anyway, well, obviously, the Indians, real quick, Tito Francona's dad passed away, super sad, Winter, or pitchers and catchers have reported, so we're going to talk about that in our next episode, that's super exciting, maybe they'll spend money. Gotcha.